Greetings, my excellent friend. Bill, what? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Welcome on in. This is Wild Stallions, our second edition of the show, your weekly podcast focused on the Alliance of American Football and the Salt Lake Stallions, Salt Lake City's newest pro football team. I'm Jay Catch, your host, alongside my fearless co-host, Sean Walker. Sean, how are you, my friend? Jake, all I know is in football, as in life, I prefer to live by one model. One motto. Which is? Be excellent to each other. Of course, we are a podcast. And party on, dudes. And party on, dudes. We are a podcast that melds both Bill and Ted's excellent adventure along with some football talk. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, Exciting times. Uh, Training camp rolls on in San Antonio for the Alliance of American Football. All eight teams centralized there in San Antonio getting ready for the upcoming season, which begins the week after the Super Bowl. So they're right in the heart of things right now. And, Sean, I guess first things first is the latest out of Salt Lake Stallions camp is the fact that they actually had their first joint practice with another team. So they finally got a chance to face off against somebody else. They had a joint practice this past weekend with the Birmingham Iron. Um, yeah, so finally getting into some real competition. The first week or so of training camp, any football coach will tell you, is uh, fake football. Mm-hmm. They don't put on pads. They practice in sometimes helmets, but uh, occasionally just, just helmets and shorts, yeah, uh, if you will. And so there's a little bit of kind of that fake football aspect going on there. But now things are getting real. They're starting to put on pads. They're starting to acclimatize a little bit um, to uh, – to the San Antonio area, the the humidity and the wind and and all of that down at Kamalander Field, and uh, and things are going well and just progressing towards. Guess what? We're only a month away from opening day, which is crazy to think about. But hey, it's exciting times. We're going to be playing real live professional outdoor football in Salt Lake City in a month. Yeah, in February. Sweet. Oh, so good. Can't wait. So good. Bart Scottboy. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> no, you, need, you should pull that. I will pull you that. You need to pull that drop. We'll pull that drop. No problem. But uh, so this is an opportunity to see the team square off. And let's start off right now. We'll get this right out of the way right now. Uh, head coach Dennis Erickson spoke to, and help me pronounce her name correctly here, Sean. Chantel. How do I pronounce her last name correctly? I don't want to screw it up on the first time I give it a shot. Go ahead. Oh, I'm not entirely certain. Oh, really? Okay, we're both screwed up. I've never actually met you, Chantel, but okay. uh, Chantel Bucci? 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 Chantel, don't kill either of us when you see us. <laughs> so she's, she's a USC grad who uh, comes also to Also went the, to Utah. Yeah, also went to... That's true. She went did go to Utah first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then repented and went to USC. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> We can drop. We we can cut that. You just picked up a lot of BYU fans with that comment. (laughs) We can we can cut that if you want. 
Nah. That's, that's what podcasts are for. Uh, but uh, she comes to the Stallions most recently of the NFL Network, I believe, yes. NFL.com, etc. So welcome to the team, Chantel. Welcome back to Salt Lake City. And uh, call us so we can have you on the podcast. Absolutely. So we apologize for screwing up your name first off, Chantel. But here she is speaking with Coach Erickson after that joint practice with Birmingham. So the Stallions had practice with Birmingham Iron. I'm sure it was telling. Tell us what we're great at and what we need to improve on. Well, it was really a good session because we're going against somebody else, and that's uh, with pads on. So we'll look at the tape uh, here in a little bit and know more about it. But I thought our guys played extremely well uh, on both sides of the football. I thought we executed uh, real well for this time of where we're at. So I'm happy with it. You, you go back, sometimes when you go back and look at tape, you're not as good as you think you were or as bad as you think you are. So. Uh, but it's going to be good for us as far as our evaluation as a coaching staff, uh, you know, to get down to the 53-man roster. And then it's going to be good for us just where we're at as far as what we're doing offensively and defensively. But the biggest thing that showed up is that I thought we executed well on both sides of football. All right, there you go. Dennis Erickson, he sounds upbeat about the opportunity for his team to face off against another team, get some live reps, and... It's going to be, it's extremely important at this point, Sean, for teams like Salt Lake and every team in the Alliance. They've just got to make sure that they are taking care of business in terms of just getting guys reps because this is a season that starts very quickly and they don't have a lot of time to prepare, but they've got to make sure that they're on top of things. So that way, when they do come out, the, the product isn't lagging, I guess is the easiest way to say it. It's not, it's not falling behind what I think fans of this new league are expecting to see come a month from now. Yeah, and, and they really. Really, they open up the season on a very strong note with back-to-back road games at Arizona and Birmingham. And everything I'm hearing out of the AAF uh, is that the Arizona Hotshots are putting together a ridiculously solid coaching staff uh, in terms of player personnel, in terms of experience everywhere, led, of course, by former UCLA coach mm-hmm. uh, Rick Neuheisel. Yep. Um, and, and the Hotshots really might be uh, one of the best teams at least early in the season in this eight-team alliance of American football. So a really tough test for the Stallions coming out of the gate uh, February 10th, I believe that is. Yes, Sunday. I, I almost said the 9th. Everybody else is starting on the 9th. They're but, starting on the 10th. Yeah, they start on the 10th, yes. Um, yeah, so at, uh, in, down there in the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. Um, so they, But they've really the, – the Stallions have to hit the ground running um, like I mentioned, because they have those back-to-back road games at Arizona and then at Birmingham as well. Yeah, because the nice part is the schedule that the the AAF put out helps Salt Lake a little bit avoid maybe what could be the worst weather of the entire season with those first two weeks in mid to well, middle of February, really. And it gives them an opportunity to go to some of the warmer climbs of this league and get an opportunity to play. I think that was a smart move on the AAF's part. Also helps out Salt Lake in terms of its fan base because let's be real Sean if they were opening up February 9th and we're in the midst of a of a blizzard here in Salt Lake City man that would be a rough way to start your tenure as a pro pro franchise in front of in your first game in front of your hometown fans so smart move move it to Arizona play that first game although it would be a great move for an incoming team that's say used to a certain desert climate in Arizona oh shoot that is a good point I'm just saying just throwing that out there. It would, but I still like the fact that oh, okay. they're going on the road to start things All off. Right. They'll have their first home game. I believe February. You got some tw- warm weather quarterbacks on this team too. So you do. You're probably you're probably more as as usual 
Jacob Hatch is much more oh, right, right than okay. I am. All right, fair enough. But it, it's an exciting time all in all. This league, I'm very excited for. This is why I wanted to start this podcast. I know you're pretty excited about it. We're just excited for this debut season to see where it goes because nobody, like you said, the, the reports are out of Arizona. The, the team is being put together very they've got a pretty stout setup but we don't really know until those until they they blow the whistle and they're actually playing a game yeah right now it's all fake football like i mentioned about the first week of training camp it's it's fake football it's it's you know no pads it's um it's uh just trying to get ready uh just trying to get up to speed yeah. get back into conditioning for some of these guys um Although the Stallions maybe have a little bit of of help there because they have some guys who very recently were with some NFL practice squads and even a couple of active rosters. So, yeah, uh, in, in that regard. But one of the reasons, Jake, why I'm most excited to watch the Stallions play is because this group has done a very good job. Um, and by this group, I mean General Manager Randy Mueller mm-hmm. and uh, Dennis Erickson, obviously, and and the the front office of assembling a a really strong collection of local talent. Yes, i.e., guys who played college football here, um, a lot on the Wasatch Front, mm-hmm. namely you know BYU, Utah, Utah State, even a couple of guys from Weber State and SUU, some of the best guys there. A couple guys from as far away as Idaho, which I know. Court, uh, noted Coeur d'Alene resident uh, Dennis Erickson really likes mm-hmm. um, but there are some guys that, that people around here know and so I thought maybe something that we could do as kind of a preemptive exercise for this podcast is just go over several of the locals playing for the Stallions yeah let's do it so let's start off should we start off with the BYU guys we'll go ahead and go in alphabetical of the team's orders here let's start off with the Cougars uh, as far as I'm aware there are five guys that played for BYU that are on this roster. First off is Tanner Baldery, a tight end from BYU. was a converted converted defensive lineman during his time with the Cougars. He's on this roster. He's more of a blocking tight end. I actually listed him as a fullback. Actually, that's new. So he's a fullback now with the with the Stallions. He had originally been signed as a tight end. He's on this roster. As is Micah Hanneman. A lot of BYU fans will be familiar with his name, of course. Standout uh, defensive back for the Cougars during his time actually spent time I believe this past season with the Los Angeles Chargers off and on so like you mentioned Sean there are guys that have very recent connections to pro teams that are on this roster. Uh, Jordan Leslie, the former BYU wide receiver, has bounced around the NFL in his own right. He's on this team as a wide receiver, along with offensive lineman Tooney Knuch and then defensive lineman Handsome Tanielu. Those are the five Cougars on this roster. Uh, any thoughts on any of those five guys that stand out to you and, you're, and just your thinking of, okay, that guy should be a mainstay on this team? You know, I... I I really like the BYU guys that they've picked up. I, I mean, I, I, I love getting another chance to see Tooney, for mm-hmm. example. Oh, he's yeah. one of my favorite BYU linemen. Absolutely. Uh, both, both to watch as a player, but also to interact with. Great personality, great with the media, great with, with marketing, and, and certainly a fan favorite where he was there down in Provo. Um, and then this move of, uh, of uh, Tanner Baldry potentially to fullback, could actually be a big deal. He's six foot two, two hundred forty pounds. He was always one of the bigger tight ends yes. at BYU, and really made a move to being a, for lack of a better term, in describing it, like a full time tight end, more of a lineman type tight end in yeah. his in his uh, 
time in the a NFL. A blocking tight end. Yeah, a blocking tight end. There you go. Yes. You're, the, you're the football guy. He, he was a true blocking tight end at BYU and in a short time in the NFL. And, and he's a guy who I think Erickson could move him around a little bit in the background as a fullback, as maybe even as a little bit of an H-back yeah, type. H-back style, yeah. Um, that sort of thing. And so, again, at 6'2", 240 pounds, you want to be able to play, with, play around with him, see what he's like both running routes and also coming out of the backfield. Uh, maybe get his hands involved a little bit, but just in particular, giving a little, shoring up some protection for uh, for guys like Josh Woodrum and B.J. Daniels. Yeah, exactly. Matt Asiata. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to see what they can do. I think Hanson Tanielu is going to get an opportunity here to show what he can do. I know he actually had a very bad hamstring injury in the lead up to his pro day last year at BYU, which kind of he felt like precluded him from really showing what he could do to NFL scouts. So this is an opportunity. A lot of these guys on this team, it's almost a re-audition for them to kind of show what they can do to the to the NFL and maybe get themselves back into the league. Let's run down the list of the Utah and Utah State guys. We'll start off with the Utah State guys because there's only two of them. There's a bigger list of Utah, but former uh, Utah State uh, cornerback, uh, defensive back Will Davis is a recent addition to this roster, and then Anthony Williams is the other Aggie on this roster. And I'm not going to lie, Sean, I'm very excited to see Will Davis playing again here along the Wasatch Front. Uh, yeah, you and a couple of front office personnel. There, yes. there are several uh, Utah State connections to the front office here with the Stallions, and I know Aggie fans are certainly excited to get him back on the Wasatch front. This is a guy who was a, he was a third round pick in the 2013 NFL Draft. Um, really had a very he had a very solid. Uh, if, if not always spectacular, certainly a very solid NFL career. Spent a couple mm-hmm. seasons uh, in Miami. Spent some time with the Ravens. Uh, your, I think your 49ers signed him briefly. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, the, the proverbial cup of coffee essentially. Yeah, no, but yeah, sure, uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, but I think most people probably remember him from his time with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Again, he was a third round draft pick. Came out of some just powerhouse Utah State football teams in that 2013 draft. Um, and and this is a guy who not only has a lo- not only is he a local on the roster, but I think he could be a local starter. Yeah, in this I think so. Yeah. I think he could too, and that's the exciting part about it. He's more of a recent addition to this roster, but like you said, Sean, any guy who's a third-round draft pick in the NFL the NFL parlance, if you're a top-four-round draft pick, you're expected to be a day-one contributor. Yeah, he's he's a little bit undersized. That's probably why he's been cut out of the league, just yeah. a hair under six feet tall. But we've seen defensive backs, even in the NFL, mm-hmm. certainly in Division One football, uh, college football, that is, who uh, who are, are perfectly adequate there and and Will Davis was definitely one of them coming out of Utah State absolutely all right and then the team that is best represented on represented on the Salt Lake Stallions roster is the University of Utah there are 11 former Utes on this squad currently it is a 75 man roster that will be cut down to 52 so the odds are Sean that a fair number of the guys we talk about with local connections to this team will be cut on roster cut down day when that comes at the end of the month but let's run down the 11 Utes we'll do actually let's do it in two sports we'll do the first five and then the second six I don't want to I don't want to list 11 names and then say hey Sean break it down for me so let's let's run down the first five names uh, we'll start off Drez Anderson former Utah wide receiver mm-hmm. former Utah running back Matt Asiata 
Kalen Clay, another former Utah wide receiver. And then Anthony Denham, a tight end. He actually played wide receiver at Utah for a large majority of his time with the Utes, but then bulked up when he got into the NFL and yeah, was playing big tight wide end. receiver. Exactly. And then Keith McGill, a cornerback. You talk about the ideal size in the NFL. Keith McGill, a six foot three cornerback, also on this roster. And I'm not going to lie, Sean, those first five names scream to me potential starters all along the roster for the Salt Lake Stallions. Yeah, certainly. And and the, the name that most stands out to me, I think, is Mad Asiata. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who I think can hit the ground running as a starting running back for the Stallions and someone who... Frankly, I'm just really excited to see play. He hasn't played. He played very briefly back in 2016 uh, with the Vikings, yes. but saw his playing time decrease by uh, some high-profile draft picks that Dalvin they had at Cook. the time, yeah. um, as well as uh, uh, he spent some time behind what a guy who may be one of the best running backs of all time, AP Adrian, Adrian Peterson, Peterson yeah. uh, all day. Uh, but uh, former Hunter High School graduate, went to the University of Utah. We've, we've followed his career for a really, really long time. And I just want to see what he can do when he gets consistent reps and consistent playing time. Mm-hmm. I think he can get that here with the Stallions as either a starter or a co-starter or somebody who just sees, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15 carries every game, maybe 20 carries a game. Um, because we know if there's one thing we know about Dennis Erickson and, and certainly his time as a co-offensive coordinator Utah would attest to this he likes to run the ball and he's going to need a strong stable of running backs no pun intended stallions no um he's going to need (laughs) well done he's going to need that herd to to run the ball over and over and over again how many puns are you gonna work in here come on dude I'm sorry I'm sorry (laughs) I'm really sorry All right. Um, then the other names from the University of Utah run on the other six here. Start off, Tenny Palapoy, a former defensive tackle who spent a long time in the NFL. Jeremiah Putasi, a former third-round pick of the Tennessee Titans. He's an offensive lineman. Silver Salinga, another defensive lineman, uh, played most notably with Tampa Bay, if I recall correctly. Kendall Thompson. Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl champion, Silver, Silver Salinga. Salinga. You're right. He did spend time with the New England Patriots as well. Uh, Kendall Thompson, who played both quarterback and receiver at Utah. He's listed as wide receiver on this roster. Uh, Recent Utah student assistant Trevor Riley. Not giving up the dream yet. He is on this roster as a linebacker looking to make one final run in pro football, it appears. And then finally, the last name, offensive lineman, Celese Uhatafe, one of the better offensive linemen in Utah history, was a team captain recently for the Utes. Um, had a run with the Lions recently, the Detroit Lions in the NFL, and now he's back on the roster with the Stallions. I, and I, keep, I said this on the, about the first five, Sean, but I look at these names on this, and I also feel like they are high-level contributors as well because these are guys that were taken in the NFL, have spent time in the NFL. They have that experience, and they should bring that to the Stallions if and when they line up for them. Yeah, I, I really, really like the leadership qualities that Trevor Riley brings oh, yeah. to this young Stallions team. Well, the same thing with, it's similar to Asiata. A, yeah, very, yeah, an very NFL so. veteran who's been there for a long yep. time understands pro football and can help yeah help a lot of young guys out and it, and he can kind of be Trevor can kind of be that guy who's another coach on the field in a lot of mm-hmm. ways he's most recently spent time as a student assistant up at up at his alma mater at Utah under Kyle Winningham wants to go back there yes uh, in the Stallions offseason so he's not a he's also probably not a guy who's necessarily going to jump at every single practice squad contract or 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 um, you know short-term offer that the NFL might well, bring I can him. tell you for a fact he's not going to because he's told me that himself oh 
There we go. <laughs> and he's worked. He's he's worked in uh, uh, with several media outlets since coming back to Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. So you know, if he gets another chance in the NFL, yeah, I mean, it, obviously he'll even tell you he'd be dumb not to to totally take it. But he can be a little bit more selective in terms of his career and what's going to be the best fit for him and what's the best fit for him long term going forward. So I really like this move. Again, not only as a linebacker, but just as as a locker room president presence leadership and and almost in in some ways as an assistant coach yeah so there you go there are uh so there are 13 guys from utah utah state plus five from byu so 18 current players on Salt Lake stallion 75 man training camp roster are guys with local connections to the schools here in the state of utah that doesn't mean that this is not this is the end that's as many as they're going to add there's still guys that could be added or uh, taken off this roster and we'll we'll keep you updated here on wild stallions on that um sean let's take a time out here we'll come back we do need to talk about two additions to the roster in terms of two running backs that the stallions added and i also wanted to um bring up the question of does the local connection to this team speaking of the 18 players we just talked about that played here locally in college does that matter more for the success the popularity of the salt lake stallions or is it more about the on-field product we'll debate that next right here on wild stallions Welcome back to Wild Stallions. Some great music right here, our bumper music coming from the great soundtrack that is the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure soundtrack. That movie defined a generation. I love that movie. And when I, when they announced this team, I, my first thought was like, hey, we need to start a podcast. And as I thought about names, I'm like, okay, we're not overthinking this. Think of one of your favorite movies and think of what the band name is in the movie. Oh, yes, Wild Stallions. So... There you go. That's how we got the podcast name. I'm Jay Catch. He's Sean Walker. Sean, let's talk about two... The Keanu Reeves to my Alex Winter, Jake. <laughs> the Keanu Reeves, exactly. Let's talk about uh, two additions to the roster for the Salt Lake Stallions. We mentioned Matt Asiata as a guy we feel like, at least you, you mentioned, and I, I agree with you, you feel like he could hit the ground running here, really be kind of the lead guy for the Stallions, but they have brought in two other running backs to help bolster this roster, and while neither of them or local, we should still talk about what they might be able to contribute to this team. So I'm going to have you pronounce this first this first player's name because you've been practicing it. I, I have not been practicing it, <laughs> not at all. Um, and uh, you are the professional radio spokesman, so you're going to have to correct me, possibly. But uh, the first one, all the way from uh, from. NIU, Northern Illinois, grew up just down the road in Aurora, making the trek across the country to Salt Lake City is uh, Joel Buonio. Well done. That's uh, based on the pronunciation guides I saw. That's it's yeah, you, you Joel, nailed it. Joel Buonio. Buonio, yes, yeah, correct. There's a little bit of a of an accent there at the end. Buonio. If we're wrong, Joel, reach out to us. Uh, contact at wildstallions.org. 
Um, and uh, we'll make sure to correct that on the next episode of our podcast. Or, hey, you can come on and, and school us on the pronunciation of your last name. That would work, too. There entirely. But uh, six foot two, 228-pound running back out of NIU. He was an all-max selection for the Huskies. Signed with the Chicago Bears shortly after the 2017 NFL Draft as an undrafted free agent. And then spent some time with the Packers, the Lions, and the New York Jets, mostly on practice squads out there. But this, this is a kid who was an exceptional running back. Uh, for the Huskies coming out of NIU ranks ninth in career carries in uh, school history with 600 11th with 2,911 rushing yards and seventh all-time in NIU history with 31 career touchdowns so if you like action if you like offense this is a guy who knows offense uh, he's a tailback who's got a nose for the football and knows how to put it in the end zone, which is never a bad thing. Absolutely. And he's a big body, 6'2", 228 pounds. That is a big running back. So we'll see what he's able to do. And they also added a 5'8", 208-pound Brandon Oliver. He is a Buffalo Bull. He earned All-Mac honors in 2011 and 2013, as well as earning co-MVP of the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. He's a three-year NFL veteran. He spent his entire career with the Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers after signing with the team as an undrafted free agent following the 2014 draft. So this is a guy who's got NFL experience. He spent time in the league, and he's going to be bringing that experience here. And I I would expect that he has an expectation that he can enter the rotation right away. Yeah, enter the rotation. And like a lot of guys, uh, and, and much like a lot of guys, in the Alliance of American Football, this is a guy, Oliver's probably a guy who wants to get back to the league. I mean, set, over 7,000 rushing mm-hmm. yards and three touchdowns uh, during his time in the NFL. He probably doesn't want to be here for very long, for more than, uh, much like your Niners signed uh, one of our friends in the last segment, for much more than a cup of coffee. And that's okay. Again, that's part of the the experience of the Alliance of American Football. Everybody's very upfront with that. There are going to be a lot of guys who this isn't their ultimate stop. This isn't where they want to be. That's perfectly fine. If the Stallions can become a franchise that takes guys, sort of cast-offs from the NFL and turns them around and sends them back into the league, that ultimately is going to be better that's going to be really good for them in the long run, and I think it's going to make them attractive for uh, for future free agents down the road. Exactly, and if they can, if this league in general, but also individual teams, can prove to be that proving ground, allow those guys to get back into the league, like you mentioned, Sean, that's what's going to get guys to say, okay, yeah, I want to, I, I want to go play in this league because it's a good training ground. It proves I can still play, and it gets you back in. So we'll be looking to see what happens with Brandon Oliver, but he's got that, he's got that. NFL experience, so it's it only helps this roster in terms of the on-field play. Because, like you said, Sean, we all, both you and I, know just based on reputation alone that Dennis Erickson he wants to run the ball, he wants to control the clock, very much old school NFL mentality, and that's never a bad thing. No, never bad at all, never bad. And, and while, uh, while the local talent, eighteen local players, like we mentioned in the last segment, that's going to bring a lot of a lot of fans Mm -hmm. through the door at Ricycle Stadium starting this February in 2019. Um, That's going to get them excited about this team. But that that won't necessarily be what keeps them sticking around through the entire season and, and as long as this team is up and running and functions. That that might not be kind of the long term success. Yeah of the Salt Lake Stallions. Um, It's going to be guys 
who are NFL caliber players um, and and can prove that they they can lead a winning franchise like the Salt Lake Stallions, I think. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's going to be the interesting part to see what happens. All right, Sean. And then as we close out today's show, I want to debate with you just for a minute here uh, the question I posed to before the break, and that is, is the success in terms of the popularity of attracting fans for the Salt Lake Stallions, and probably this can be extended, I think, to the Alliance of American Football as a whole, is it uh, is it more important to have the local players on the roster that be, that fans can uh, can just kind of a, a glom on to? They remember pl- seeing those players play in college, or is the on-field product going to be the most important thing for this team? So where where do you stand? Which one do you think is more important? Well, I think I think you have to get fans in the door when you're talking about a first-year franchise, an expansion football, not just an expansion team, but an expansion league. Mm-hmm. Eight teams, all in their first year, trying to build something, trying to build a spring football league in parts of the country where uh, spring football is not much more than practice time at best. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think you do need that local connection. You need names that have their own brands and that are recognizable to the common football fan, the casual football fan, somebody who doesn't necessarily follow you know, the NFL transaction list to know who's coming in and off of practice squads and who's going in and off of, of injured reserves. You need people who already have their own fan base, already have their own following to get fans into the door so that they know who they're watching. Because otherwise, I mean, this could just be another iteration of, and no offense to these teams I I love watching them at least for a time but this could be just another iteration of the Utah Blaze or the Salt Lake Screaming Eagles okay. or one of of several variations of uh, quote unquote professional football that has come through the Salt Lake Valley I think you need I think you need that tie you need that brand that name brand recognition um, that marquee just to get fans into into the stadium to watch the Stallions play okay and while I agree to a point with that, getting people into the into the stadium, if they show up to that stadium and that on-field product is not good, we're, we're talking quarterbacks who struggle to complete passes, offensive lines that are patchwork, they're getting their quarterbacks absolutely destroyed, uh, defenses that can't get stops, they just allow offenses to go up and down the field. I feel like, Sean, that's going to drive away fans who may show up for one game, but after that one game, they say, okay, yeah, well, that wasn't a very good product. I'm, I, I'm out. So I'm of the opinion that the on-field product, and we've talked a lot about these guys that have the NFL experience on the Salt Lake Stallions roster, and it's, it's a similar story across the Alliance of American Football. There are multiple um, former NFL players who have both spent time actively in the league, like a Brandon Oliver, but also guys who spent time on a practice squad that understand pro football, and they want to extend their, their football playing careers. Well, you're going to have to hope that those guys are able to stand out and help the on-field product because, like I said, if if Johnny Schmo over there brings him and his three kids to a Salt Lake Stallions game, they show up and they see the Stallions get absolutely creamed 35 to nothing by, let's say, the San Diego Fleet, and they don't even look competitive whatsoever, what's going to make Johnny Schmo want to bring him and his sons back? No, that, that's perfectly fair. And, and we've learned through past experience with the other pro teams that are still around here in mm-hmm. Salt Lake and even, even some of the college football teams uh, in the area where Utahns like winners. 
Uh, and if you keep winning, then that's going to help. But al- but also, if you're winning with a whole bunch of nobodies, um, then it it it's even more incumbent on the team's marketing office, um, public relations, media relations, et cetera, to try to get the names of these guys out into the community, to get the community to rally around them uh, because they don't really know as much about them. So if you have local guys who are starring for that winning team, mm-hmm. that job is already half done and, and, and there's less of a push or less of an emphasis on the public relations side or the marketing side to try to bring to, to try to bring in more of those fans. But but 100%, I, I do agree with you. Utahns love winners. Um, and if this team is... <laughs> I think everybody loves winners, let's be real. But well, sure. Utah's a little unique in that. They, they want to see an on-field product that does get results. Yeah, and I mean, we've even seen it with the, the Utah Jazz. When the Jazz aren't winning, you know, attendance oh. suffers. <laughs> yeah. When the Jazz are winning, there's hype, there's emotion, there's enthusiasm. You can't sell tickets fast enough uh-huh. um, to, uh, to uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's... Uh, or the Delta Center, whatever you want to call it. It's the you know, Delta Center. Yeah, we see that with Utah football. We see that with BYU football right now. That, that's They've been struggling the last couple of years, and t- season ticket sales and attendance have been down because of that. So if you're winning, you're not going to have an issue bringing fans in Okay. Uh, 100%. But as a first-year team, you need to, at the very least, I think, be able to strike that balance of having the right local connections, not being able, to, not needing to overextend yourself marketing-wise um, and public relations-wise, just to get to know the players that are on this roster. No, and that's true. That is that is a that is a critical factor. And one thing that uh, also does factor into it, Sean, is the cost. Plain and simple. Let's be real. People. Um, People want a cost-effective measure because this is their hard-earned money they're spending to go see these sporting events. And if you price yourself out as a first-year franchise, you also got to be careful of that. But I do feel like the Stallions, the alliance as a whole, has been very smart in terms of their ticket pricing. Um, I've I've been seeing all the time when the Stallions send out their releases to us and everything. You can get season tickets. There, I believe there's five home games, if I'm not mistaken, for as low as 75 bucks, Sean. So in terms of ticket pricing, I think they've done it right, and I think that goes back to your point about the whole marketing itself. It almost, um, yeah, you use the local player connection, you bring them in, but you also don't charge them an arm and a leg to go out and see this product, at least in the very beginning, because we all have seen the NFL over the years has become this Goliath, and tickets to an NFL game, holy smokes, have you looked at them recently? They're insane in terms mm-hmm. of the pricing. Yeah, and that's something that's not going to fly yeah, in a market like Salt Lake City or Birmingham, Alabama, or even necessarily in a, in a somewhat larger market like San Diego or San Antonio, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very difficult to sell in a market this league at uh, at at prices that are comparable to the NFL. Once yeah. again, this is a league that's not marketing itself as being on par with the NFL. They know that they're probably a step or two or maybe even three sometimes down from the 800-pound gorilla that Roger Goodell has built from from that giant shield. Um, but by recognizing that, I think they're smart enough to also recognize that that this is a, not just a, a, in some ways, a lesser option, but a slightly lesser option at a much cheaper option. Okay. Um, and I think that's going to help them a lot. 
Yeah, we'll see. And like I said, we talked. We started off this podcast talking about our excitement level for it, Sean. I'm excited simply for the fact that this is real football. And I don't mean to denigrate the indoor football and arena football leagues, but this is football on an actual full-size field. They're playing at Rice-Eccles Stadium. It is going to be professional football. These guys are being paid for their on-field results. And... I'm excited and I'm hopeful that this league can pull through because I'm with you, Sean. There's one thing I think this league understands is that they're not trying to compete head-to-head with the NFL. They're trying to be a supplement. They're trying to be a a showcase event. And Okay, maybe showcase event's a little too strong of a term, but they want to create an opportunity for young men that want to continue their football playing careers to have an opportunity to make some money while showing off what they can do to the NFL and hopefully make it back in there. Uh, Maybe at some point if the alliance is wild successful yeah they can dream of maybe going head-to-head with the nfl but that's decades away in my opinion at the very least yeah that's certainly several years down the road yeah. that's that's not what they're focused on right now it's it's just it's just about putting out a decent product um that's affordable that's family friendly and that's attractive to fill in that that football off-season gap yes between yeah. February and April. Yep, exactly. All right, Sean, any parting thoughts for you before we adjourn for a week and reconvene next week? As always, be excellent to each other. Yes, be excellent to each other. And, of course, we'll let Abe Lincoln send us out the right way. So thanks again for joining us. This has been Wild Stallions, January 14th edition of the show. Be excellent to each other. And... Party on, dudes!